0: hello and welcome back to blacker couch reviews i'm your host Christina. we're gonna discuss the final episode in true detective season four part six written and directed by isa lopez i really like this episode for all of the emotional gut punches i'm giving it a 10 out of 10 because there was a lot of character work A lot of themes that continue to to really hit close to home. There should definitely be a sign outside of the town that says Ennis, where gangsters are born. The idea that the she, the vengeful, wrathful goddess of the night, might in fact have always been Evangeline is really fascinating the supernatural and the and the realism played really well this season and i know i've pointed it out previously but it certainly did its most in this episode and while some parts particularly in the salal lab did feel a little transitional to scene to scene I wasn't really bothered by it because then at the end, they gave a little bit more context to what you didn't know. So I I really enjoyed this. Before we jump into the recap and review, wherever you're listening to this podcast, wherever good podcasts can be found, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. We will have... Replacing this show, not only Halo, but the ones who live, which I've been waiting for all my life, <sighs> can't even begin to get hype for that podcast and watching that episode because I might actually explode. But if you want to send feedback for those new shows or anything else on my roster, at gmail.com. I don't know about you, but there are certain things that terrify me. The absence of sound in space, just that concept alone really fucks with my mind. And caves. I don't, I don't think that's just somewhere naturally. Yes, I know humans used to reside there, but even we knew not to go too deep in the motherfuckers. And you best believe it wouldn't have been an ice cave get the hell out of here in the middle of a blizzard this is yes a perfect time to cover our tracks but also a perfect time to die but alas that's where our two badass detectives are deciding how she right there where you can just be talking to my is it safe you ain't went far enough to know if it's safe (laughs) both of them did have that look when they looked inside like uh i don't know if this is the best idea but we're committed so into the cave they go wouldn't let that shit happen to me though despite liz's protests and she does protest duff too much (laughs) she does not agree with danvers or agree with evangeline that there's something to be heard And she ends up following a crevice, which she believes is going to lead to where they need to be, except it's a dead end. And I know this entire episode, Liz had to feel like the parent who really wanted one of those collar leashes because their kid just kept getting their ass in trouble (laughs) every five seconds. It's like, Jesus, I have to make sure she does not end up dead before the end of the storm. (laughs) but alas it turns out listening to her voices has led them to jackpot but it's only when Liz herself falls into the same into the same cave or the cave underneath the cave where she led them at the dead end that they find out where they need to be. Cause I kept thinking like, yeah, if you just follow the tunnels, Lord knows where you're going to go. You can, how far these tunnels go that, that could be even though I thought where the dead end was, was where they actually blocked the hole to the tunnels. The mine did, but that was my supposition. So they both end up down on the ground Did you break anything? (laughs) No, just my pride. I still love Jodie Foster's liberal use of the words fuck and motherfucker. (laughs) Clark spooks the shit out of all of us and they give chase with their guns drawn, which leads them to a secret underground lab where... Clark is nowhere to be found, which is crazy because he can't have vanished vanished out of thin air. But also, what is this lab? And oh, this is where Annie Kay died. Liz finds further evidence that the tool used with the star-shaped is the one that was used to stab Annie to death and then they realized following a draft that there is a tunnel that leads up into Salaw itself oh hell no I will say even if you were guessing some of the the pieces that were laid out in this finale about the events that led up to that night there were still surprises in the delivery of certain aspects. They split up to try to find Clark because he's still their number one suspect and the only person who has answers. I will say Clark certainly was out there prepared for the Home Alone situation they would find themselves in. First, he put on the song that he knew would drive Liz crazy or maybe that was just the spirit. And she goes to work <laughs> ripping the shit out of that DVD player <laughs> and ends up getting trapped inside of a laboratory with the door open. And he leaves her in there, unfortunately, leaving Navarro vulnerable. And we think, oh, Navarro's gonna save Liz. But then Navarro gets knocked in the head with a fire extinguisher. You got knocked the fuck out, man! Liz finds a piece of metal to keep knocking at the the plexiglass enough times that it would, it would create a weakness where the glass would shatter. And we saw that Evangeline was waking up as Clark was dragging her away. And I know now why he was so much more terrified <laughs> of making sure that she was knocked the fuck out. Because when Liz came around that corner, I don't think any of us expected for Evangeline to be beating the shit out of him. Happy so we should be so way Happy Soy Happy So A Beat Happy So A Happy So A Beat Happy So A Beat Happy So Liz is like Stop, we need him to talk. So they get him into a chair. They duct tape him to said chair. And they get to, well, he starts, he says he won't talk to Liz, right? But the minute he swerves around once again, and it's Evangeline, and she asks one simple question, not answers about the pertinent details. Let me ask you something real quick. Did you love Annie? And he admits that he did. So she plays the video recording her last moments on this earth, grabs headphones, puts them in his ears with the shit on loop and duct tapes it. With Liz being like, You want some coffee? Da-da-da-da-da. It's the motherfucking eagle double G. No you know what happened with the D-R-E. I think that's what I really like about the relationship between Danvers and Evangeline. They're different people, different ideas, different experiences. But the thing that connects them is this, this raw need for justice, this desire to ask the right questions. Everything about the way the two actors played off of each other was fabulous and exactly what defines their relationship is that they they will do what needs to be done like some shit is too much for me to bear and we have to take action and they didn't realize they came to the town where they found themselves a home While they're getting some coffee, an orange pops out of the fridge, causing Evangeline to admit that both her sister and her mother loved oranges. They loved peeling said oranges before joining Liz in her Funyun Crave because I'm with her. I'm hungry. I've been running around all day. Funyuns sound pretty tasty to me. I don't know why you're judging, Eve. Because that is definitely... She went and found the liquor bottle. (laughs) This is a hot mess of noses. She's like, oh shit, we stuck here. We ain't got no internet, no service. The generator is spotty as hell. They realize that Clark has probably had enough. Because if you did genuinely love that girl and you do feel the guilt that... Clearly he fell. That's why he went insane. Very much like the character in Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, I forgot her name right now. It's not Hannah Gross. I forgot what her name was in that in the series. But she she had a similar type of mental breakdown where while they want to try to justify their actions mentally they break under the weight of that guilt and the weight of the remorse and the wrongness knowing that they can't bullshit themselves into believing clearly like the others did walking away from the situation he simply devolved and continued to devolve and now we know why everyone wasn't as concern to be having such a mentally unstable co-worker residing with you we move to his confession he admits that annie as i su- suspected had found some information but what she found was 10 times worse than any of us were thinking which was that the mine was having them falsify how much they were polluting the area. No, we're going to take it one step further to get the microorganism that we believe can change the world. We're going to increase the pollutants in the area to soften the ground to extract the microorganism from the permafrost by poisoning the water and its people, causing irreparable, as they stated at the end, damage to the population and the animals. But it's for the betterment of mankind. Why? Because the people who are suffering these horrible fates happen to be people that those in power don't consider human. White people be like- I loved (laughs) Elan. While Liz's face certainly was shocked, Evangeline summed up my emotions. I am disgusted. It also makes a lot more sense why bodies had to drop <laughs> to make sure this shit didn't come out. But when they crossed that line, when they killed one of her daughters, as they put it so eloquently then they were going to have to pay the karmic cost of fucking with this thing called mother nature i think that's why she's referred to as she annie looking for more information to connect salal with the mind ended up stumbling upon the research And then she destroyed it, which makes a lot more sense why six men would react in a rage. Well, it was Lund first who discovered her, reacted, and started to stab her. He has no personal connection to Annie. And clearly, clearly he's a part of the mindset that doesn't think the indigenous population is human or worth not being used as disposable cattle for their own white privileged gains because you know if they did invent something like that it would be a expensive as fuck and too exclusive as fuck but i digress because they were talking about oh the fountain of youth the holy grail it can cure all of these diseases and thus and thus far yeah Uh Uh-huh, longevity for whom? If this is what you're willing to do and sacrifice, why in the world would you do this to change? Why why would the world be changed when clearly you don't even see the benefit of the value of these people whose world is changed irrevocably due to your own actions? Salon stabs her as... I was saying the others come in they see well he stops Lun tries to comfort Annie but of course she's freaked out you're part of this takes a weapon and hits him on top of the head the others come down they don't know what's happening but they do know that their work is destroyed and Lun's pointing the finger right at her he is helpless as he will be in that situation because he's a coward as Lung continues back the attack at first they were just trying to calm her down like grab her subdue her but Lung's vengeful nature and the rest of them being just as angry I, I did see one commentary uh, very very sparsely I remember because I went past this review really quickly and one of the the criticisms was why would a whole group of men just join in destroying a woman Well, one (laughs) back to the mindset of how the people, particularly in this lab felt about the indigenous population. If they are polluting the entire area for their own gains at the at the expense of the bodies that are clearly in the cancer that are affecting the people, they don't see those people as people. So them going down and seeing their, what they care about destroyed by someone they don't care about. Yeah. I can definitely see a group of men, testosterone, testosterone and, and, and rage and, and not taking the chance to think, yeah, no, that's more than a logical step to happen. Maybe you don't want to acknowledge it because you're a man, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's certainly the case. And many need to watch some documentaries is all I got to say. <laughs> it's not even just men. It's a crowd of people this can happen to where other people stand by just like just like clark did because he could have tried harder certainly to stop what was happening but he stood there in, in trepidation and fear and and helplessness and all the things that make people stand and have the bypass the by what is it called bypasser effect i think that's the correct terminology when shit happens. So to not acknowledge that is to not acknowledge the human in all of us. And you're uncomfortable with that truth. And you got to get comfortable with some of these truths about human nature. Then when he goes to, when he thinks it's all over, it goes to say, oh, my love, I'm so sorry. She's still alive. And he ends up being the one that murders her or gives her the death blow right? Because she was stabbed 32 times. So it's not as if (laughs) at all, she wasn't going to bleed out. In his mind, he may have thought he was giving her a mercy, but it was, this cannot come out. Now things will never be the same. There is no other choice for me in this moment. And because he loved her, he couldn't, he couldn't live with what he had done and he knew always that there was, and I think he kind of uh, fell into what the indigenous population believed in and knew that eventually this shit was going to come back on them. And so you had that moment where he knew when the power was out, And I'll talk about that moment in another because that blew my mind. I'm not sure if I meant to take what it was trying to tell me. And I haven't read too many interviews or anything other than that. So I said I kind of skipped through one review. I think it was heavy spoilers or something like that. Uh, Don't quote me. And that was it. So he ran to the hatch and went to hide when the the cavalry showed up which we didn't find out until later she after they get the initial confession and then you have once again eve asking tell me that you loved her and he says i did liz's eye roll punk ass bitch motherfucker Eve pulls her gun out. He starts pleading with her. She's like, you're not even going to stop me? Nope. (laughs) And she walks down the hallway. And even though part of her knows this is not part of the societal code that I signed up for. This is what justice looks like in the face of corruption at a level that allowed this to continue to happen and there are definitely political animals involved like ted yeah ted definitely was a piece of shit that that were allowing this to continue to be covered up for their own gains in said discovery so yeah What can you do in the face of that? And we get a flashback to what happened finally at the Wheeler household. And as I was suspecting once again, it wasn't Liz that killed Wheeler. It was Navarro. I like that they chose to start thinking of that moment. And then Navarro ends up walking out, not killing Clark and coming to Liz as if to say, I'm not going to put that on you again. And then she admits that I was pretty much a hair's breadth from doing it myself. Like from killing Clark? No, from killing Wheeler. Turns out, when he whistled, she must have seen the, she's been getting the same message of, nope, this is time for you to handle that gangster business that we know you're meant to do. And Navarro took him out in such a manner that was satisfactory before... There is the sound of a kid. And now we know why Peter was so obsessed with the case. Because we kind of got a show and tell with his backstory. Hank was abusive. Eventually his wife left him, but without her son. And that child took the mother's place of that abuse. And these two women stopped that cycle from happening. Both of them begin to be haunted by... I think by Evangeline's mother because she, Liz, pulled out the cross from her her head as if she was meant to be pushed into accepting that there is more out there and that there is a reason in which We continue on. I love the line, the shit that we survive. I think she meant that on a human level, a species level, and that of a woman. The things we go through are individual burdens. And they come to this conversation. Well, first, she starts peeling the orange and it looks just like the symbol we've been seeing all this time. And Eve starts to, she starts to effectively become possessed or follow the the voices that are calling out to her. And it's starting to, of course, freak out, <laughs> freak out Liz, because she doesn't want to hear anything about that. She's still drinking. They still have more to discuss because... Clark knows nothing about what happened to the other men other than she got them and he considers she to be Annie. When he's alone, he asks asks Eve, I just want this to be over. I'm so tired. If you won't do it, allow me to do it myself. If you're feeling suicidal, you've come to the right place. He also claimed he didn't cut out Annie's tongue. He knew that the mind sent Hank to take Annie's body. So they think he must have done it to say, shut up. And that's possible. And we know that the the real culprits, they also said, we didn't take out her tongue. They ain't got nothing to do with us. And once the power goes out, she follows the trail and out in the code is is clark he seems to have committed suicide but since he has the same wounds as all of the other Salaw men and who we think is the ghost of vengeance past was standing right there besides them my guess is He too was swallowed up by by she who shall be named in the future Navarro or Evangeline. They cuddle up over a fire because she tries to find the generator. I love that shot. It was my favorite shot of the whole episode of how they had the camera on top of the generator, causing it to shake. Then you having the the haunting in the background that had to be her mother. That was nice. She follows the voice once again, that's calling her name. And this is the real weird part when she's walking and she stops. And it's the moment that we saw from the other perspective Because she's told to stop right there. Clark looks around, seems to be possessed, and he's like, she's awake. So, did he see her? And by her, she doesn't recognize who she is, but she is a part of this entity? or, Or the group of this? I don't know. It's fucking super cool though. <laughs> Liz is not trying to hear it though over this fire. She's freezing. Now it looks like they might die in the middle of a fucking blizzard. She's been beat up. She didn't inspect all this manual labor. And Danvers or Evangeline over here talking about some spirits. And when she talks about how she's always felt the need to to walk away and about her sister, like I think that there might be a comfort in knowing that there's more out there, that there's more to this. Liz calls her sister a quitter. Like, I know you loved her and everything, but she quit life. Because as she pointed out, we survive a lot of shit. And I know what it is to lose someone that you love and the idea that my son is out there. Like, don't sell me on that shit. But it pisses Navarro off to the point where she says, he doesn't look like you, but there's something in the eyes. It mentions Holden. I love the dialogue between them when she pushed her. Like, "Uh uh-uh, I will rip you apart. (laughs) You will not discuss my son because you have no idea what it's like to know or to not know what it was like for him, even in his last moments, if he was scared, if he called for me, all she had was the accident and the memory she had and that idea, she doesn't want to touch on that idea. That there's something and she's not really talking in a religious sense. More like in a spiritual sense that he'd still be out there somehow. And being able to still connect with this type of plane. And after their their one-on-one conversation with Jody Foster's performance, Killing It. She ends up walking away. But of course, she cares about Evangeline and won't leave her to her very stubborn fate because she's walking out in the middle of the blizzard. She's back at that scene that I don't feel like we got too much context on. Clearly, this is somewhere in the war. And she reaches out and we see her ears bleeding. And that happened prior, but she was always interrupted. And the words are to listen. And when she finally gets past the sound of the wind, there is gentleness and it's her mother's voice and she's given her indigenous name that I'm not going to butcher at all by trying to pronounce. And as Liz is following her, she sees her son Holden and starts to crack through the ice causing herself to fall through. And I think there was a metaphor for this You know, your grief can drown you. Your grief in, in, you know, they were also saying, Rose, how the spirits, they can lead you. They can come here to help or they can lead you to death, uh, you know. And so she ends up going under the ice. But it's Evangeline that turns away and saves her. Because they are a tether to each other and have been. Since they met in Ennis. Whenever that was. She pulls her from the... When she sat there for five seconds being all exhausted. I was like, there is no time for this shit. Y'all better get naked in front of that damn fire and start. (laughs) She was in there too damn long. (laughs) With no EMS? No, 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 We have no time to rest. She needs to have her ass dragged back into that fires needs to be way closer pretty much set her ass on fire but she ends up bringing her back from death and finally she asks, what did he say i don't think we needed the moment of who because we know the pivotal action or the pivotal conversation they left off on so for her to say who was just a meaningless bit but she she admits that Holden said i see you because that was the game they always played peekaboo which was adorable and resonated with me a lot and also caused me to cry once again and i hate when a show causes me to cry <laughs> and then my daughter comes in like whoa okay i didn't expect that get out i'm in my motions but once again, uh, Jodie Foster's performance had me, really had me. And the moment afterwards where the storm is passed and the, the Borealis lights are out and they toast Happy New Year. I like the irony that later she had a, a cup that said Hawaii in the coldest place on Earth. but she they toast each other and she can still see that she hasn't found peace with her own answers meaning evangeline so liz says look if you feel that you need to go out there just make sure you come back and i thought that was i think the most you can do for someone that you truly care about and you love that feels the need to live a life that's not on this mortal plane cuz they've just never like what she said I've I've been like Clark in that hatch always in darkness afraid of it opening but once it's open it's not so fearful after all and I was so wrong about it I've been outrunning it instead of embracing it like her sister but she, cho- she chooses not to be, uh, she doesn't allow for it to, to, for it to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, to tragically, you know, mentally deteriorate her, right? From the weight of it all and the misunderstanding of it all because of the fear This leads to a revelation that maybe there's this thing called fingerprints on the hatch that homeboy was trying to keep closed from being discovered. And alas, that leads us to a fingerprint that is very recognizable from the missing two fingers leading to the two women we met in our first act leads to their door I didn't even wait what was their name um oh I thought I had it written down somewhere but I didn't take too many notes so yeah I don't have it (laughs) so they go to their home and I love how proud Evangeline was to be able to introduce herself and now I get it now I get it makes way, way more sense to me why she felt she could not join her population or the indigenous population she didn't feel like she belonged because she didn't she could not introduce herself in a manner that they would recognize her and if she doesn't recognize who she is oh that that was good that was good and she doesn't know what it means but it turns out that The, the woman whose performance in the very short time we had her, I adored. (laughs) She does know what it means. The return of the sun after the long darkness. I do like that Liz showed up and said, yeah, I'm the chief, but I'm really just with her. <laughs> I'm just here on a half official business, and they tell them a story about how they knew that Annie was killed. Well, they thought the mine killed her for six years until one of them discovered one of the cleaning ladies. Because in every profession in this town, you have noticed there's so an indigenous woman that controls that profession. The laundromat. That's all I can think of right now. But <laughs> they were working at the factory. They were working a lot of places. And so she ends up finding the secret lab, realizes that this looks like the weapon that killed Annie, one of the cleaning ladies at the at the at the sheriff's office, is able to confirm this with the case files. So they're like, well we're not going to go ahead and bring the police in on what we consider an us problem. And as far as we concern about murder, honey, they did it to themselves. I love that scene when they busted in with their guns, no shots fired, got their asses up into the damn truck, drove them out in the middle of the ice, put their, their clothes there and said, Hey, if she wanted them she could have had them if she didn't want them they would have came back no worse for wear maybe a little a little frozen but they would have survived but apparently they didn't come back well, it. Well, well, it. Well, it. i guess she ate their dreams from the inside out and spit their frozen bones then that pan shot to her after she said that you can't fuck with Queen. B. Queen, B. Queen, B. Queen B. I also loved how she was telling the story and women just kept coming out of no fucking wear. <laughs> All assimilating behind one sat down started knitting. Like, let me tell you a little tale about fuck around and find out. I also love that Liz left it up to Eve to decide what we're going to do with this information. She said, uh, I don't think anything needs to be done Liz is like yes yeah, an official I only came by to let you know since they were your employers that if any, in case anyone asked you know if they saw my car roll up that they died of natural causes in a slab avalanche they wanted it fucking closed it's closed it's officially closed with the narrative they wanted I saved prior for after this point because his arc was it was an appropriate wrapping up of said arc right it was about a male escaping an abuser and I really like the fact that they used it from a father son perspective with him cleaning up the mess then Kayla showing up or not Kayla Leah showing up to spend time with Liz, as she asked on new years hoping that they can finally move past the bullshit because it's one thing and i like that leah had that moment of calling her when you are beefing and then there's the silence in the aftermath it's better for someone to be all up in your shit trying to protect you and pissing you off along the way than indifference you best believe that And everyone who's never had that will tell you I'd rather have a bitch of a mom right now being all in my shit because of the decisions I make than one that could care less. If I fail in life, it doesn't matter to her. He admits he's messed up about Kayla trying to hide the tooth in the wall. Oh, my gosh. When he yanked that sucker out, drove her back. Kayla didn't know what was going on, but at least she gave him some light at the end of the tunnel. He goes to Rose's and Rose is like, it's going to be that kind of night, is it? Apparently Rose is the mother of the True Detective season one, Matthew McConaughey's character. I didn't watch season one. So that explains why this character is here. What the connective tissue was, because I was a little lost on what was the purpose of Rose. And there were some of these particular... Uh, especially the supernatural elements in that season so that makes more sense and if I had watched it I would have known quicker Rose says that he has to be the one to dispose of the body into the hole but he's not gonna watch her cut holes in (laughs) his father's chest so that he she could release the air in the lungs and i like the effect of us hearing the air leave his lungs so that we know the impacts this is having on prior and after it's done she says well you may have thought this was the easier part but now the hardest begins because you have forever you have to live with this and while that is somber in itself it goes back to the shit we have to live with the shit we we do live with and continue i mean trauma is a part of the human experience and most of us are sometimes worse for wear or better due to it but it never ever doesn't leave its mark Leave it stain. So that's where we left him. Other than afterwards, he was still around working with Liz. And that he was out looking for... They've given him an alibi for where he, he wasn't <laughs> at during the storm. Liz is given an interrogation about the events afterwards during the night of that particular night they point out that yes i picked up otis but if you look at cct cctv camera footage you'll see that hank was following me and he must have approached him after i talked to him and we know that the bullet that was in otis matches hank I'm still working with his son's crazy. He must have had an accident. We'll find him or we won't. We're not looking further into it. They ask about Evangeline who has disappeared. We see that she Liz goes to her place. Everything is there except everything in her bedroom. She has left the the stuffed animal that Liz had thrown that day. I knew she picked it up for her as well as evidence because she had actually had a conversation with with Clark who did want to meet his fate atone for what he actually did and and comes clean about his part in the actions cleaning himself up (laughs) you know from all the duct tape (laughs) <laughs> and how shitty look he looked so that she gets her evidence the evidence that they need to take the mind down because that was the whole thing about clark it's like oh he died when he was the only person that could could take down the mind that knew everything and you gave her up to the spirit for ven- gave him up to the spirit for vengeance or allowed him to to confront the spirit in vengeance well, for the vengeance. What? Jesus, Christina, stop saying that word. <laughs> I'm all, I feel like I'm on a record, stuck on repeat. But unfortunately, she's gone. We see that she just walks out in the distance. Poor havoc. he gets his toothbrush back, finally. But the heartbreak there. I knew that was coming, though. I had a feeling it was going to come because it's not a sad ending for her it's the appropriate ending for the life that she's led up into this point. And with Liz saying people come to Ennis for to hide away, to, to keep away from, uh, to find what they, whatever. (laughs) She said it more eloquently, but I didn't write down any of these notes, but the point of it is people haven't seen her around town And it turns out she is a spirit because they had that transitional shot where it looked like Liz was in the mortal world and she was there in her, her realm, her and Leah are good terms once again. And it almost looked like they looked at each other because she's like, I'm going to do what I kept been doing, which is pretty much putting justice where justice needs to be done if shit happens up in this. <laughs> but I, I, I do, I really do like the way it ended, even if it made me sad for the character of Navarro because I really liked her character. But she, they both were haunted by different things and they both came out of that haunting with a new profound acceptance of the decisions in their life one to continue to live uh, to live and one to stop trying to live when there's something else and of course it's just the right time for the dog because the dog just gotta show up to bark and now i know what he's barking at there's a cat down there and when they put the dog in that room it just sits there and barks at the cat However, I have said all I need to say in regards to the season, I thought it was fantastic. I think that it definitely rejuvenated a series that's been out for three years that no one has been talking about. And that definitely explains why (laughs) the previous showrunner, Nick Pizzolatto, Pizzolatto, yes, I love the words from uh, Paul McInnes from The Guardian. He describes Nick Pizzolato throwing a tantrum over his own show. <laughs> because he was tweeting negative comments that people were saying. It like, then, then turns around like, I'm the victim. Why is people coming for me? I don't understand. It's like on top of that this series has been renewed for a season five with Issa once again coming back as the showrunner so as far as responses go all i do is win 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 no matter what of course, we do have feedback. I'm really curious to what Mimi has to say. I haven't listened, as I never do before. <laughs> you Jump in. So, here we go.
1: Ma'am, motherfucker! What up, Sina? It's Mimi. This is feedback for the finale of Season four, um, of True Detective, Night Country. I don't even remember what episode this is, but <clears throat> hopefully you haven't started recording yet. I feel like you wouldn't have uh, because it's only like ten thirty where you are in the morning on Saturday. I just got off work. I'm actually went to go get something that I could eat for lunch tonight so I didn't have to wake up early to go get anything because this refrigerator at this apartment that I'm renting is dry, and I just, I don't have it in me to do anything but work. Um, I got to be honest with you, this uh, bedside nursing shit is trash. Um, These hospitals really got me fucked up, and I hate it here. So I'm trying to decompress in the car, and I know if I walk my happy ass in this apartment and sit down, I'm going to knock because I'm, like, I can't even tell. I probably walked probably, like, 17,000 steps um, during this 12-hour shift. I am tired, and it's more than just physical. It's mental, like, this nursing life is so draining. They just expect more and more out of you. And then they give you less help and pay you less money. Like they really this like, I don't want to go on my soapbox, but it, it really frustrates me that Congress and all this is working so hard on trying to cap the amount that a nurse makes. But they don't ever do that for doctors. They don't do that for engineers. They don't do that for, you know, politicians, but someone that is literally the reason that these patients are cared for 24-7. We're the only people, the nursing staff, that are literally with these patients all the time. 24 fucking seven. But y'all think y'all can tell us how much money, like there's no reason for a travel nurse to make more than this. How you gonna tell us what we should make? Get somebody else to do it. Let me tell you a little secret. There was a shortage of nurses at one of the hospitals I was at, and I found out they told me about this before I came. And it was so bad, they like they couldn't keep staff nurses, and they got sick of trying to find travel nurses. So what they tried to do was ask the residents. I don't. I'm sure you know what a resident is. Like you've seen enough Grey's Anatomy. I'm sure. Um, if you ever watch it, I feel like somebody out there did. But a resident is an actual doctor. They've already went to medical school. They graduated. They passed all the testing, and they are actually a DO or an MD, and they're going to school for some type of specialty, and it's basically like learning how to be a doctor you know, from seasoned doctors. But they asked the residents to come be nurses, and they would like, you know, residents get paid a specific amount. I don't know how it works, but they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't become a They want, wouldn't come and be a nurse. And you want to know why? Because it's trash and they know it. They, they don't want I don't want to have to help this patient to the bathroom. I don't want to clean up shit. I, I don't want to get yelled at, get stuff thrown at and be around these people all the time. No. And, and the fact that the doctors wouldn't do it should let people know exactly how terrible this job is. <laughs> and y'all trying to cap us. I, I just it's it's mind boggling. Like, what would you do if we all just left? Y'all be fucked. But anyway, I digress. I'm not going to let this uh, be a 45-minute rant, so I'm going to just get into it. I did not like this finale. I feel like it was a build up and then it was a letdown. Um, and I'm very well aware that I could just mentally, I, maybe I don't have the capacity to understand what they were trying to do, and it went over my head. Um, maybe you loved it, but I did it um, there were moments that I enjoyed, but I feel like at the end of it, I had no idea what I was looking at, and what I was supposed to be seeing, um, you know, it was, uh, they're making us think that it was some type of supernatural thing, which, I mean, clearly there were ghosts, and we did see that, um, but the whole thing wasn't even, (laughs) it wasn't even because of a, you know supernatural it was literally the women of Ennis the indigenous women of Ennis saying you know you know what I'm sick of this shit y'all motherfuckers keep getting away with stuff let's fuck some shit up I will say that I was right about remember when I said those people like I was like they kill Annie because she discovered something she wasn't supposed to and the people there uh like the men there killed her and they had someone cover it up and that's why they, well, I wasn't right about the whole details, but I was like, somebody just moved her and then I thought maybe they cut the tongue out to make it look like it was something that it wasn't. Um, but, and then I was like, maybe that's what drove, um, Clark mad. So I did nail that. I would like to give myself a kudos because I, I was right about that. But I, I thought maybe when, you know they killed Annie in the the area that they did, maybe all of the spirits of you know her indigenous family. I thought it was gonna be something cool and i and I really feel like I was let down when that it wasn't like that. um, I will say one thing that Clark said that I thought was like cool as hell. he said that time how did he oh man I, I'm forgetting time is a flat surface, like any died in the past in the future whatever he said I, I wish I would have wrote it down because that was so cool it, you know tiny, whiny stuff is our thing so the way he thought about it and that was also one of the reasons I was like oh shit this is about to be dope as hell because of what Clark said about time and how Annie was the reason that uh Otis you know, lost his mind, or whatever, and they were, like, Otis, that happened to him before Annie was even born, and he was, like, time is, like, a lit, like, a flat circle, I think that's what he said, a flat circle, I don't know, but it was, like, the coolest thing I ever heard, and I really thought it was gonna mean something, um, and then I didn't like how, like, we kept seeing Navarro have these visions, but we never, like, we didn't see her, like, let, um, let Clark go, I'm assuming she's the reason, like, she, he recorded that video, but then she let him go outside and freeze himself to death, which is crazy, because if you were going to just kill yourself, dude, you had ample time, you, you, you said it yourself, you were underneath there holding that latch for weeks, and then you got hungry, and you, you ate, if you don't kill yourself, dude, you're doing a very bad job of it, because walking out in the snow would have done it, not eating would have done it, taking off your clothes and just sitting in, you know, that cellar or wherever they were down in that, uh, those caves could have done it. I don't know. I, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the ending. I didn't like when they were like, oh, where's Navarro? Oh, she, you know, people have sighted her. It's like, you know, she just walked off. And then like, am I supposed to think, is that her ghost? Is that really her? Did did Liz and Leah move somewhere else? I I don't know. Everything about it was so, it was so irritating because I did not understand what it it was supposed to do. We got the whole Holden thing and then Liz saw him underneath the water, but it could have easily been she's freezing and she's hallucinating. We heard from the beginning that hypothermia causes hallucinations and delirium so she was freezing her ass off she looked really terrible her and Navarro for Navarro to be such a beautiful brown-skinned woman she was pale as fuck so we know they were cold and they were cold for a long time so am I supposed to assume that both Navarro and Liz were hallucinating and that's what it was I know that you know um Navarro got, she was, she saw someone when she was walking in that like desert type place and she got the name, like her um indigenous name. Was that supposed to be Julia? Am I supposed to just assume she imagined it? Was that her mom? Was that giving her, giving her herself a name when she went inside herself? I don't know. There's so many un- un- unanswered questions. And maybe that's what they were going for, but I don't like shit like that. Now, I'm not saying I need to have every answer, but I at least like to have, you know, the main focus wrapped up in a nice little bow. It's like either it's supernatural or it was it like I feel like they're trying like they're not giving me enough for me to make a solid answer. And I feel like Navarro was just hallucinating the whole time. Like she was she had the same type of disorder as her mom and her sister, but she just had a better handle on it. That That's how I took it. And I don't know that I want to, but it's very it's very infuriating. And then even with the like the parallel between Pryor and his dad, when, you know, he had to break him out of the ice when he fell through when he was a little boy and then he had to break the ice to put his dad in and then we got the end it's like you know what do you think happened and it's like well you know based off the footage that we saw this is the theory and then they had prior coming all walking all the way up there to the table looking all moody and fucking emo it's like this is clearly not the same kid we were introduced to like his mood completely changed. It's like he looks guilty as fuck. <laughs> Are you guys pretending like they're not all cops? Like I'm just thinking about the kid we met during and he was definitely a kid when we first met him in episode 1 with his little notepad being all happy that there's a there's a super duper mystery that he gets to learn from because clearly shit other than domestic violence and stillborns are the only thing that ennis ever ever gives. Um, he was pretty excited about that. And then like to the one we saw at the end, he just looked like a different person. And I'm assuming that was the beginning of his villain origin story. And then Kayla really gonna have a reason to not like his ass now because he's about to show you, bitch, I can be mean. I can be terrible. I can be a fucking shitty ass husband. Speaking of which she made me mad as hell. First of all, I, like, I've never been in a situation where Darren and I got into a fight so bad that I, I felt like, like, motherfucker, you need to leave. But I also feel like, how I'ma kick a man out of a house that he paid for too? I would never, I would, I, I would be like, Darren, I, I'm going in the, in the living room cause I can't be around you right now. Or I'm gonna go for, I'm gonna go for a drive, I'm gonna go for a walk. I've had to leave the house because Derek, my child, was getting me hot and I was gonna beat him up and I was like I can't do that he is still a minor and that's my child let me not punch him in his neck so I had to like I need to dip and then that that day I was like I need he would he can't try to come in my room and talk to me and I was like I need you to give me some space I don't want to be around you right now I'm gonna stay in my room and you need to be somewhere else I get that but to kick a man out of the house because you mad like And I just, for the life of me, I can't understand why she was so upset with him. If it is true that, okay, you got pregnant and you don't want to keep it, I I cannot stand when people make that. My little sister is what she's, I feel like she's gotten better about blaming people (laughs) for her problems. But I remember when she got pregnant the first time, she Always told us she didn't want to have kids. It's not something she was interested in, but she got pregnant with my nephew, the first one. And she was like, oh, well, I got to have it because so-and-so, her, it's her fiance, whatever. They're still together. But he was like, "He, he's not going to let me get an abortion. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean he's not going to let you? It's your body. And she had the baby, and of course it was good. But then she got pregnant again, and now she has two kids that are like barely two years apart. And she went through a, uh, like a lot of depression after the, her second son was born for the same thing, blaming it on, you know, her baby daddy. It's like at some point you gotta get to the realization that it's your fucking fault. If he strapped you down for nine months, locked you to the bed and made you, I don't know, cook this child. Okay. I'll take I'll I'll allow you to blame to take the blame or give the blame to him. But if you found out you were pregnant, didn't want to keep the baby, but went through the entire pregnancy, did everything you're supposed to do and kept the child. You cannot blame anybody but yourself, because the honest to God truth is in twenty twenty one and in twenty nineteen abortions were legal. You could have them. And even in Illinois now, we don't have any kind of issues with abortion laws. I mean, it's, there's still some hospitals that don't want to do it, but that's, that's based off religion and not actual law. And it's, (laughs) that's how I feel about Kayla. If you're so mad about, you know, having a baby with a man that, you know, you never really wanted to have a baby with, but you thought, you know, you thought you were getting one person and now he's another, that's not his fault. It sounds like he's always wanted to be a cop. And I and I for the life of me can't see anything that he did wrong. Do you know how many times I've had to work on a holiday? Do you know how many times I had to miss out on something that Derek had to do because I had to work? That bitch, that's how life works, okay? Some jobs are all the time, literally a 24-hour service. There's always someone working. So even though you're not working on that holiday, someone is working. I will admit that there were times when um Danvers was being an asshole and I do think that she it's one of those misery loves company bitch I'm miserable no one wants to be around me I'm alone so I don't give a shit if I'm pulling you away from your family clearly she has no reason to 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 empathize with you know want to be with the family because she her family fucking is either gone and her her stepdaughter fucking can't stand her I mean granted her stepdaughter is a moody teenager but still um I just don't understand why she got mad. And one of the things Darren and I were having a debate because one of the things that I feel like Darren was missing, like, cause we were, we were going, we it was a very strongly worded debate going back and forth where we had to pause the episode and we were talking for quite some time where I'm trying to explain to him that, you know, the way that it works is when you're young, you can't comprehend how, um, how work and personal life works. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're younger, you can't comprehend it. You can be like, okay, my shift ends at this time and I'm and whatever isn't done. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll come in at my regular time and I'll get it done. Um, the like, no, you need to do it. No, I don't. My, my, my time ends. that is a development. I feel like you learn as you get, older when like younger Lamia had a job I was 25 and 20 to 26 it was before I was even pregnant with Derek where it was at a collection agency and I was it's a job I absolutely couldn't stand but I was really really good at it and I can't tell you why I maybe because the way I talk to people or the way that I you know utilize reason (laughs) I'm not sure but I used to always like we had goals that you had to hit and if you did over you got like a bonus like and I was I would do so well that each time they would do the bonus like it was a monthly bonus after two three months of me getting like 22 25 20 Six hundred dollars they would like change the the way you do it because they I feel like they weren't expecting people, so like we're expecting people to hit it, so they weren't expecting to have to pay me out, but I mean, I was really good at it and and then it got to a thing where they were like, okay, so it's like one like the top earner will get this much, it was like brackets, and then if your entire team hit the goal, then you got an additional. And of course, like I said, I was really good at it. So every time I would be at the top and there was one, one time, one month when one, there was a a new management. He, he was like a lower person and got promoted and he pulled me aside and was like, LaMia, I need you to help so-and-so because she keeps missing her goal. She's, you know, for the last six months, she hasn't been in it. So I was like, okay. So he wanted me to filter calls for her, like, do everything, but let her run the payment. So it looked like she did it. And I was like, okay, so, but I'm going to still get that money. He was like, no, it'll come to her. But if she, if she hits her goal, you know, she get to keep her job and then we'll all get extra money. I was like, so you want me to do her job so that we can all get money, even though I would be getting money like I've been doing. And I was so mad about it. I was like, so you want me to do her job, but she keeps the money. And I only get the extra like, it would be a difference between like the tier. I would always be first, so like the the first person will get like an extra five hundred dollars. But if I did, if I kept everything I was giving her, I would be giving myself like fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars. I was like, so you you want me to help her make money? And because I was young and I didn't understand how it worked, I let that motherfucker do that to me for one month and then i ended up just quitting because i was like i can't like it it was so disrespectful for you to to make me do that lamia now i would have cussed him out went to hr wrote a report and been like now you want you want me to like you want me to lie because someone isn't good at their job if she was six months and she hasn't hit her goal why is she still working here like that's how lamia now would have thought about it and i wouldn't have done it i would have said no and like you're going to fire me. You can't fire me because I don't want to do someone else's job. And like I know that now, but I'm trying because I understand that dilemma. Your boss is telling you to do something that you don't want to do that you might not even feel is right um, of them to ask you to do like you're 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 what you're asking me to do is so inappropriate and rude and, and unfair. But because you're my boss, I'm going to do it. That's how I feel like prior is. First of all, he he's new. He's a rookie. He wants he wants to do a good job. He wants to learn. He wants to learn from the best. And how often do you get a fucking six man murder frozen outside uh, mystery to solve in a place like Ennis? So he probably is like, when is the next time something like this going to happen? So, of course, he wants to do well. And I feel like Kayla was being an asshole for getting mad at him for picking his job over coming home to tuck his son in seriously you you think Holden or not Holden whatever that little boy's name is he has some little white boy name you think he's gonna remember that like that one time when I was four dad said he was gonna tuck me in and he didn't absolutely not like why don't y'all just make plans to do something else like why are you going so hard on him for wanting to do a good job and I feel like that shit made me mad and then I felt like we didn't get really any closure. Like, of course, she kissed him when they were in the car and he was, like, going back to, like, dispose of his dad's body. And she knew something was happening, but she didn't know. And it's like, I don't know. I I feel like the turn of events was unfounded. I don't know if the right word. I just feel like her, like, kissing, it was just so, it just didn't match the scenario. Like, shouldn't you be more mad that... You got you're like you're assuming that Danvers is making him do something he doesn't want to do, but now you're okay with it? Like I the whole this whole like final episode got on my nerve. And it's just so many like I feel like so many things that never close loop. And maybe after you go through it, maybe it'll help me understand when you talk about it. But as of right now, I I can't. I don't have any other things to say. Um Kayla's character was unnecessary. Leah was so annoying. Like, first of all, she looked like she was 25. And she had a stupid ass girlfriend who was 97 pounds. Like, y'all couldn't have found a more appropriately sized little white girl. Why, why, why are they so mismatched is my first question. Second of all, like, she was being annoying. Like, if you hit a police officer with a bottle, I don't care if you are A teenager you should assume that that cop is going to beat your ass clearly your indigenous poc isn't the same as a black person because we would know if i'm gonna throw this bottle he about to fuck me up i don't care how old you are especially you looking like a grown-ass woman but you're still a person of color and you're indigenous and it's a protest and you threw a bottle what did you expect girl i she got on my nerve too and I guess you know maybe they needed her to show how Liz was. She still gets on my nerve. I don't like Liz. I did think it was funny though when Liz was yelling at um Navarro about Holden talking about some I'll beat out I will I will murder you. I was like, "Girl, Navarro would beat your ass." I kind of wanted to see the fight, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. Um Anyway, let me stop talking because I feel like I've been talking for a long time. It's almost 10 o'clock here and I'm tired and you don't want to hear me ramble on for any 50 minutes. (laughs) So I'm going to end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease and black girl magic, Queen of the Couch Mimi out.
0: Thank you, Queen Mimi, with your thoughts on the episode. I will say that... This is one of those shows that certainly you either can be a fan of or not, because it does leave a lot up to the interpretation of the audience member. So the idea that you walked away from it not fully uh, or waiting for the show to solidify one thing or another... I can see that not being satisfying if you're not a fan of that type of storytelling, which you pretty much admitted. Um, So your emotions definitely make sense. In my opinion, I thought they settled very firmly on the supernatural with some human influence. The indigenous culture in this part of the world believe that there is a certain level of something else out there that. That balances the universe when it needs to be balanced. And that thing is older than time itself. And that is what killed the Salaw men after they killed Annie. But they were brought to their judgment by the indigenous women of the town. That's how I took it. That was a story. The Slab Avalanche, that all makes sense because they were saying that the ears and the fact that they went crazy and the hallucinations as you were pointing out that there is some scientific explanation behind it but it also can reasonably fall within what's been happening with evangeline all season we've been seeing her ears bleed that seems to be part and parcel of coming into contact with this other entity And then once you get past the fear of that, you know she was able to find some peace and understanding about who and what she is. Versus the Salaman being confronted with the the very real thing that was this entity when it when it had different ideas on its mind. (laughs) Yeah, they they effectively were a product of their own their own actions you know they they were confronted with the reality of whatever this other thing is and and their deaths led to that uh I did get the time thing because that's also a reference to the first season time as a flat circle It's also a reference to Friedrich Nietzsche's concept of eternal recurrence. I need to read his books. I've read, I've gone through some of the documentaries, but I think me reading it myself will be much better. Uh, But the concept of a flat circle is also referred to the M theory and the idea of multiple dimensions in theoretical physics. It's also from a quote in the first season regarding the same doctrine time is a flat circle everything we've ever done or will do we're going to do over and over and over and over again forever so this idea that that we ourselves are just part and parcel of this continuous uh This life that exists in this loop of time that, yeah, it's very fascinating stuff. I don't want to go too deep into it because I'm also simultaneously about to cook some tacos. And (laughs) I'm getting really hungry. (laughs) Definitely, I'm getting a mini headache too. So I don't want to go down any psychological roads right now. But that's where that comes from. Uh, The idea that they're capping nurses pay is crazy. I'm glad that you brought that to my attention because that's some straight up bullshit. Considering the job that, like you said, entails and the exhaustion that in the physical, emotional toll that it takes. All jobs don't require that. But you want to cap that? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, this fucking dog. As far as I get what you're saying in regards to your experience. But from what my viewing saw in regards to prior, he was nothing but an accommodating uh, disciple of Liz Danvers. I don't think at any moment he felt he was intimidated enough not to say what was on his mind because she kind of always made sure and even when he didn't, she didn't want to talk about things, he would push. He knew where to push and how to push her. His interest, his desire that obsessiveness is a trait of all three cops and what makes them good at their job, but can also make them difficult to be close to as an individual. And we saw that he and I think Kayla's relationship was supposed to be reflective of that, except it was really poorly done and just in my opinion I don't think Kayla ever came off the way she was supposed to come off and her opinion wasn't explored it, it just it it came off as a also a hating of Danvers like what did she made you do like I'm a grown ass man I can think for myself and you need to accept that I'm making these decisions I almost felt like she was defle- she was deflecting all of her anger from him onto her like he, she was the blame but No, I've seen to me prior always seemed like he knew exactly what the fuck he was doing he had the consequences he knew he was being manipulated he didn't give a fuck he wanted to be in the know he wanted to learn on this case he wanted to get to the end of the mystery just like he was searching obsessively over the Wheeler case and and that was the through line that connected these these officers which made them different than everyone else if that's to make any sense. I did laugh so loud when you said it was his villain origin story. But <laughs> like he's not gonna turn into a villain. <laughs> he certainly changed, and I think they could probably co- come back with an older version if we wanna expand this universe of prior and he talked about, you know, that time I killed my daddy. Uh but but in the end, we saw him with his son in bed with him. So whatever's happening with his wife or whatever the fuck Kayla's going on, it is young love too. And you know, they're still fucking hormonal and don't even have their own selves figured out. Is that he cut the cancer out of his life. And while he'll have to live with the pain of what he had to do to get that cancer out of his life, it has freed him to continue the path unabated so to speak where he has a better life and i think that's where i'm gonna wrap it up uh there's a couple of things i think you that i know i discussed in the podcast and we can always talk offline after you listen to see if some of your 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 qualms are still there but yeah i i fucking love this episode (laughs) i love this season It was not perfect. I'm not going to say that. And I think I have been pretty critical myself of some of the plot holes. I think there could be other things that were massaged differently. But for the most part, I think this was fantastic. It had very real concepts and it was a confrontation of. And it's the best thing I like about the Mike Flanagan TV shows is that there's real supernatural things going on, but then there's also scientific explanations behind it. And it still still gets to me that their own cover-up is the cover-up of the Salal murder. It's just brilliant. So I I really thought this was, was fantastic. And despite all of the flaws along the way, I wish you had liked the characterizations a little bit better, but I get that too, you know, everyone doesn't make the same impression, but I think what really connected those two women was, and all of the women in this town was a deep seated need to do the right thing. And while she wanted to do it a little bit more within the confines of the law, she certainly wasn't, or she did not. She did not object when the law failed to do its job. And that is where I'm going to leave the podcast. If you have any lingering thoughts, blackercouch at gmail.com. You can send a comment my way. If you want to send feedback on any other shows that we're doing, blackercouch at gmail.com. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, blacker magic.